the complete guide to simplify RV maintenance for newbies all the way through to full-timers. So any RVer will benefit from this episode. That's what we're going to talk about in staying on the road today. And then enjoying the RV life segment is going to be a guide to must-have equipment for every RV road trip. So these two things tie in together perfectly. Then once again, we're going to go on a road trip in the next stop, and we're going to visit Coyote, Wyoming. And then we're going to wrap up the show with RV Envy. In this segment, we're going to talk about RV sewer hose supports. This is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer podcast, delivering the smarts you need to enjoy the freedom of the RV lifestyle without the fear of breaking down. Today's episode is 145, so let's get right into it. And welcome to the show, Alexis. Thanks for having me today. As always, it's <laughs> great to have our resident expert here for all the places to go in the world. Mm, expert is an interesting word, but okay. <laughs> Always has her suitcase packed, ready to go. <laughs> and then she also helps us enjoy the RV life. <laughs> you know, we talk about enjoying the RV life a lot, and, you know, it's not just for full-timers. It's for anybody who has an RV. Yep. At least okay. that's the way we see it. Mm-hmm. You know, some people might be a little prejudiced to that and think you have to be a full-timer, but not here. No. You know, if you got an RV, man, enjoy the RV lifestyle. Exactly. And there's a lot to do. So... <laughs> Today, let's talk about the things you have to have. So on the website at thesmartrvier.com, we'll have this full article there. So Alexis is going to kind of walk us through this guide of must-have equipment for every RV road trip because when you go on this journey in your RV, you want to be prepared. You want to have a good experience, not a bad one. Even if something goes wrong, when you're prepared, it's not so bad. You're going to laugh about it after after you get back on the road and everything's working again. So, Alexis, help us out here. All right, I will. Um, well, we were kind of talking before, and, you know, there's obvious things you need to have, like sewer hoses, you know, if you're, especially if you're going to use your bathroom. Um, but then there's other things like like water filtration, you know. We need to think about that kind of thing. Or uh, RV-specific GPS. These are kind of things we want to want to have if we're going somewhere we're not familiar with, which a lot of our viewers do. So things like this, maybe a generator and having tools too. That's a huge one. And not just your entire toolbox, but pick the ones that are going to actually help you if you have a um, a breakdown or if you just need to make a temporary fix on something. Have what you need because you don't want to bring everything either. You know, so this is kind of a, a thought process we need to go through <laughs> as our viewers. Very good. So Alexis brought out one thing about like a water filtration system. You probably have one, maybe. A lot of people don't. And, you know, for what we get in our store, some people do, some people don't. Yeah. But if you have one, just is it good enough? Can you expand on it, make it a little bit better? You know, does it need improvement? If not, then you're good to go. Yeah. Our last episode, we talked about having first aid kits. So make sure you have a first aid kit of some kind. So it's looking at your RV, there's the obvious things, but a first aid kit might not be so obvious. You know, having all the right tools might not be obvious. You mm -hmm. might have tools, but you have the tools that you will need. Yes. You know, having a set of sockets and wrenches might be great for the car or the truck, but is it going to be useful for the RV? So determine that. You know, you can have a lot of stuff, and all of a sudden you look at, oh, this isn't really what I need. You know, spare light bulbs, spare fuses. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this type of stuff in our next section, staying on the road, because it fits in very well with that. 
you know, so there's a lot of things that sometimes, you know, you overlook, like communication tools. You might want to have some two-way radios for when you get to a destination, you can communicate easier. You know, whether they're the family uh, FMRS-type radios or GMRS, there's ways to go where you can have communication that way a little bit easier sometimes than cell phones. It's quicker. You know, if your hands are full, you got a phone, you're trying to juggle it, things like that. So it's just, you know, looking at things that make the whole trip easier. And when something goes wrong, you're prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you or somebody you're traveling with or maybe somebody in an RV park or a campground, they need some assistance and you can help them out. That's what's cool about RVing is everybody helps one another out when they get into these odd situations. One place to go for the first aid kit, which we didn't mention this. Well, we did mention it. That's right. It's Jace Medical. Mm-hmm. So they make great first aid kits. And, you know, they're they're built as a kit. Now, if you want to just buy bits and pieces, you can do that too. But if you go to their web- website, it's jacemedical.com. Great selection. It's for, you know, everybody, whether you're just doing what you're doing or you're like a, a, a paramedic guy or, you know, in the field, you know, they got everything. And so you can buy the things you need there. So just as a reminder, go to jacemedical.com. Now, staying on the road today, we're going to talk about this complete guide to simplify RV maintenance for newbies, full-timers, everybody in between. But as I said in the intro, it's not really like this physical guide. There's so many physical guides out there, right? But that's not what it is. So let me explain this. We're going to get into this, but let me kind of walk through here. So your RV is this huge investment that you made. So not only financially is it an investment, it's also a mental investment, whether we realize that or not. So the financial side of it is very obvious. You know, I I think everybody realizes that you buy this thing, it costs a lot of money. Whether you pay cash for it, you're making payments on it, you put something down, you bought things to get it off the dealership's lot, you probably bought things to make it more personal, So it's a big investment. And when this RV falls apart right before your eyes, because you were maintaining it, you feel bad. You're like, oh boy, what did I do? Man, I just threw a ton of money away. So you take care of it. And that's what's important is taking care of it. Don't throw away that money. If you sold your family on the idea of buying an RV so you can travel more, you can go do things as a family, you want to see the country together, you want to visit family and friends in other places, you you got all these weekends you can get away just in the RV, you guys can go to your favorite haunts whenever you want. Now that becomes mental because you sold the family on it. They didn't invest financially into your idea, they invested mentally. So did you. So now you've got to use the RV. So maintaining it is imperative. Your family's counting on you. They're looking to you for this, all this stuff you sold them on. So hopefully it's not a bill of goods, right? You gaslighted your family because you just wanted an RV. Hopefully that's not the case. So you can't let your family down. You can't let yourself down. And it can be discouraging if you don't maintain the RV. And it does fall apart before your eyes because you just... You, you didn't really think that it would happen or, or whatever the reason is. So don't let yourself down either. Now, maintenance on an RV is a lot easier than you might think that it is or have experienced. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there, people talking about things that could be very misleading. You know, like I have a friend who 
If you tell him, you know, you're going to the hospital, he's going to find, he's going to tell you the worst things that could possibly happen in a hospital and like you shouldn't go. <laughs> so, okay, I should just die instead. You know, he scares you. Or if you're doing certain things, oh, this is how you got to do it. You know, it makes it so complex, you don't want to do it. And that's just him. And there's people like that out there who oversell, they overtalk things. But, you know, in the past, on one of the episodes, I talked about compartmentalizing your RV mentally. So everything in your RV becomes this little box or compartment, a container that holds certain aspects of the RV. And this is mental. So it falls right into thinking about the more physical involvement that we have to have in maintaining an RV. So RV maintenance involves you wanting to keep up on the maintenance yourself or even taking it to a service center, but you're involved in that. You know, you take it to a service center because you can't do the work yourself or you don't have the time for it, and hopefully they're going to maintain it or do the things you want to do and do it right, and even at a reasonable cost. But if you choose to have the work done, you should have an idea of what the RV really needs. Don't just take it someplace and let them blindly tell you what it needs. You should have the concept of doing it in your mind so it can get done correctly and you can check that work when you get it back to make sure it was done correctly. You know, and you don't want to get oversold on repairs that do not need to get done. And this happens quite a bit. You know, recently I had a friend who took his RV into a dealership for this little minor repair on the roof. And I don't even know why he took it to the dealership and didn't come to me, but he did. Oh, it was under warranty. That's what it was. He had some warranty work stuff done or wanted it done. And he wanted that fixed while it was there. And they told him, well, you know, after looking at this for a week, but sitting there for three months, they finally decided to look at it. So it sat through rain and snow for three months with a roof problem. And they finally said, well, it's going to be $800 to fix it. And that's just a patch. That's not even really doing what it really needs because your RV really needs a new roof. They're overselling them. He just bought it from the same dealership a year ago. So you see, they can tell you things that aren't real. And it was just a minor repair, you know, $150 repair. And the roof was in great shape. They didn't need a new roof. So you've got to be careful. Now, back to where we are heading with this. See, that's a kind of a worst case. Well, maybe even coming more common today. But if you're, if you know about your RV, these things won't happen to you. The, you're the smart RVer. That's what that name comes, being the smart RVer. So the first item you're going to need to work on your RV is confidence. And the second thing is knowing your limits or skill sets, what you can and can't do. So now let's just go through some of the systems on an RV. I'm going to, just rattle these off there. It's all going to be on the website. So you'll be able to see it. It's going to be in the description of this podcast. And we're probably going to elaborate on this and build it out and make it into more of a physical guide, if you will, with tools and uh, parts and things. We've been piecing this kind of stuff together, but I think we're going to pull it all together and do something very nice here. That'll be available to you on our website. So the first thing would be the electrical system, fresh water system, sanitation system. You have your appliances, the ventilation system, the roof itself, the house, the box, you know, the walls that hold everything in place, the propane system. And then if it's a motorhome and trailer, either or you're going to have a chassis, a, you know, in-bed pickup tramp, pickup camper will not have a chassis because it's sitting in the bed of a pickup truck. 
But typically, we're talking about motorhomes and travel trailers here. So those things I mentioned off, like the electrical system. See, you can break that down to 12 volts, 110 volts, the converter. If your RV has an inverter, your interior lights, your exterior lights. And now I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of throwing this stuff together here. So it's not with the greatest thought because I don't have your RV. You know, it's going to be different from my RV than your RV and how I look at it and how you look at it. But the electrical system, those are kind of the basics. And if you look at the 12 volt and 110 volt system in the RV, they're two separate RVs. I've actually done a podcast on that. They're two separate systems, even though they're in the same RV. And your converter kind of is linked to both of them, but more so to the 110 volt, where the inverter, if you have one, would be more on the 12 volt side. Your interior lights are are separate from the exterior lights, and all the lights are 12 volts. So when you start looking at it that way, if your lights aren't working, well, more than likely your converter, your inverter don't really have anything to do with it. It's going to be something else. You like maybe the battery. Now, the battery I didn't mention here, which it should be under the 12-volt system. Like I said, I'm just kind of putting this together as we go here. So you start breaking it down, and maybe you get a piece of paper, and you write this down or put it on a computer. Break down your RV into these systems. You might even decide, well, I don't want to do it that way. I want to break it down by bedroom, bathroom, kitchen, living room. You could do that as well or add that to it. But when you start breaking it down, it takes the whole RV out of the picture and it brings it down to a system. Like if you have a water leak, a fresh water leak coming from your kitchen faucet, you don't need to worry about the rest of the RV. That's where the leak is. That's where the focus should be. And understanding what kind of PEX system you have, you know, if it's half inch, three eighths, three quarter, a combination of them all, if it has lines that are pre-made from the factory that you really can't replace today, and you're going to have to make a line buying um, PEX and some fittings or some, some PEX tubing and fittings and make a line to replace it that'll work just fine. Having an idea of that kind of stuff helps with the maintenance. Because when you go into it, you go into it with more confidence. You know that you can do it. You know if it's within your skill set or not. Maybe you have some of the parts at home, which I'd always advise having some spare parts. Not everything. And I'll make a list of things that I think should be spare parts. You know, some things will get ruined sitting in an RV. They're going to bounce around and more likely be destroyed by the time you ever go to use it. But PEX fittings and PEX tubing be great to have. And maybe you use some, then the next time you're in town or wherever you go by an RV store, you pick those up, you replace them. But knowing what they are and how they work helps. A lot of times people just, they come into the store and they say, I, I, need, a, I need to fix my water leak. Well, what's it go to? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Where is it at? I don't know. It's in my RV. What size water line do you have? I don't know. You know, what size videos are they? What do they go to? See, if without that information, you really can't do much. And it's because sometimes it's just not understanding how it works, thinking that it's all the same. You know, if your RV has this, then every other RV is going to be the same, and that's not the case. It might be very similar, but it's not going to be exact. So taking each system and understanding it, looking at it, your microwave. Is there anything you can do with your microwave? Does it have a fuse someplace? If the microwave quits working and you got 110 volts to the outlet and it's not repairable, then you know what to do. Throw it away, buy a new one. If the air conditioner quits working, 
you know, you can check your breakers, you can check some basic things and then decide, okay, do I want to pursue this or do I want to just take it into a dealership and let them look at it? And most of the items in your RV, your water heater, your furnace, your air conditioner, so much of that stuff, you can find manuals for it from the manufacturer's website. Even service manuals, it'll walk you through diagnosing problems. And that's what you want to have, you know, on your computer, print it out, build a little book, a binder, but have it there so you can walk through these problems. So many problems in RVs are basic problems. You know, they're not these major issues that has to go to a dealership every time it fails. Fails. They're not that way. So you can build, you know, your own guide to maintaining your RV very easily if you break it down and look at what you need and what each system is uh, made from. You know, I mentioned the ventilation system, and really what I was talking about are the roof vents, plumbing vents, refrigerator vents. You know, those are on the roof, and the refrigerator will have a vent on the side of the RV. So that ventilation is for the plumbing, for the house, and for the refrigerator. So when you break it down like that, oh, I need to check my roof vents just to make sure they're all intact. Hey, hey, while I'm up on the roof, I'm going to check the roof, too, to make sure that the ladder, where it's mounted, any racks up there, that the ceiling is still good. So it's two separate systems, at least in my mind it is, but you can check them at the same time. See, when you start narrowing it down to one thing at a time, it's not so bad. You know, the propane system might just be a regulator or two, some propane lines, the tank, the valve on the tank, and that's it. So it's not too complex. And now the propane lines might go to an appliance, but that's the appliance. You know, so if you're having a problem with the flame and all your appliances not working, more than likely it's going to be the propane regulator. So it's very simple. Rather than look at each appliance, gosh, what's wrong with the water heater? It doesn't have a flame. Wow, the stove doesn't have a flame. What is going on here? Two appliances failing at one time? So you're looking at it wrong. Look at, you know, what's fueling them, what's supplying the, the propane. You know, you can call some dealerships or RV places and they'll help you with this type of stuff. I know we do it all the time. But so much information can be found on the manufacturer's websites, even for things that seem pretty mundane like roof vents. And, you know, there's YouTube and all the other places, but you have to be careful. You have to watch what you get off the Internet. We hear about it all the time. People come in here, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again, you know, that, oh, on YouTube, they told me I need to do this. And it's a mile away from what the problem is. And I mean, we do YouTube videos. We support YouTube. We believe in it. But the videos have to be accurate, and they have to be by professionals. And some of these videos are, they take 20 minutes to get to the point, and then it's not the point you wanted. So you just wasted your time. Then the next video comes along. It might only take 30 seconds, but heck, it kind of answered your question. So you're going to run with it because you're frustrated. See, that's where these problems come in. Knowing your RV, how to search for the right thing. Like your furnace doesn't light. Well, you don't go on the internet and type in Google, furnace doesn't work. You got to be specific. My suburban NT something or other furnace does not light. Now you're going to find something more likely is going to help you. So you have to be specific. And you got to think about it that way. So YouTube video might come up, you know, furnace doesn't work. Well, is that the same problem you're having? 
it doesn't light, does not work. I mean, the fan doesn't even come on. So see the difference there? So be careful what you or what you take in from the internet. And remember, it's the internet. Anybody with a video camera can produce a video and put it on YouTube. There are no restrictions. So if a guy has a video camera or a phone, his water pump quits working, he might record it and go through the entire process of what he what what happened with his water pump, but it might not be what you had, and it might be 30 minutes of your time watching this guy do it. It's a waste of time, so be careful. And that's where getting your own information from the manufacturer website will help so much. Start building your little uh, arsenal, your own guide, and then you can refer to it and reach out in other directions if you have to. And, you know, some of these videos stick to the most basic processes that you'd never be able to fix anything. Even with furnaces, something like that. I mean, there's, there's basic things that go wrong, and then there's the things that aren't so basic, that aren't normal, that don't happen all the time. And when you have one of those problems, it gets a little more difficult. So then sometimes it might be trial and error if you can't find the right answer. But calling someone you can trust in the RV industry, maybe there's a store you go to, got to know someone there, give them a call and see if they can help you. But build that that manual up. Now, look at it this way too. An RV is similar to a house. You know, some things in a home are very obvious, you know, and some some aren't. So even with an expert involved, some things are simple and some things aren't. Take for an example, you have an appliance that fails. You call a technician and he comes out and he looks at, let's say it's your range and it's a 110 volt range. So the range isn't working you, and all you know, it's not working. You just say it doesn't work. You know, I turn on the knobs, nothing happens. No lights come on or anything. And you really don't want to mess with it. And so he comes out and looks at it. He says, okay, so from what I can see, the range is fine, but you're not getting the full hundred or 220 volts to the range. For some reason, you only seem to be getting half the power. But I'm not an electrician, so I'm going to turn you over to an electrician that I know who can come out and take care of this. You see, the range is one thing, the wiring is another. And so he knew his limits and is going to have you call another person who specializes in that. And doesn't that make sense? It's different systems. And an RV is the same way, except they're, I think, much simpler to work on and figure things out. They're not as complex. And there's not as many models in a home. You know, there could be thousands of different ranges in a home. But in an RV, it, it slims it down. But that's just to give you an idea, you know, how sometimes things are real obvious and sometimes they're not. And it's the same with an RV. It's just RVs are easier to work on or they can be. Be careful of, of who you rely on, but make sure that you can rely on yourself. Learn how to navigate through your RV with all the different systems and break them down. And like I said, if you write them out, what you think a system consists of, and then make sure you got the manual for it, like let's say it's the converter, the water pump, the toilet. You start getting all that, and you've just built up the, the guidebook to repair your RV and maintain it and keep it on the road. And that is cool because now you aren't relying on anybody else. You can do it yourself, and it's a great feeling where you can keep your own things maintained and fixed and repaired, especially when it fails out on the road. You've just become the hero to your family because you maintained your RV. That's what you want to do. All right, so hopefully that information is helpful. We will have all that in the description of here and probably a link to even more of it. 
So we will build that out and make it a very comprehensive guide with tools and recommended uh, parts to keep on hand, spare parts. Got to have spare parts, and you don't need gobs of tools either. Yeah, you're not a mechanic. You're working on an RV. Tools for your truck might be different, but tools for your RV, they don't need to be that that complex. You don't need a big old giant toolbox. Very basic. And we'll keep it basic. One more reminder here to check out our YouTube channel. We were talking about YouTube videos. Go there. Go to YouTube and type in the Smart RVer, and our channel will come up with the videos that are there and even the podcast episodes. You can get all one place now. There are videos, podcasts, everything under the sun. Wow. YouTube actually is pretty good. All right. So check that out. Now we're getting into the next stop, and Alexis is going to talk about RVing in Cody, Wyoming. Cody. Woohoo. The Old West. Yeah. <laughs> the Wild West. That's right. It really is. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So. Tell us about it, Alexis. What's there to do in Cody, Wyoming? There's a lot. This is actually a place I'd like to visit. Um, well, first of all, you're really close to, to Yellowstone, so that's kind of cool. Um, you could definitely visit there. And Victor, Montana, visit us. I know. Come on over, please. <laughs> well, you've got the you know your beautiful scenic drives. You're going to have that everywhere you go here. Um, and then there's a big cowboy culture there. So <laughs> that might seem kind of obvious, but they've got rodeos and all sorts of things that are just very very cowboy bull riding barrel racing they've got all of it so if that's something you're interested in doing or the family is take them to something like that because it's really fun got to the buffalo bill center of the west is pretty cool it's a just a treasure trove of of exhibits and everything that kind of chronicle america the american west so it could even be a history lesson for your kids or, or yourself. It'd just be fun. And there's all kinds of RV parks, campgrounds, just a ton to do outdoors. Um, and then usually people are pretty nice there. There's a, there's a Western hospitality about it. So it's a good place to visit. Definitely one to keep in mind. Yeah, those places are pretty cool. Yeah, so when you're going to someplace like this, there's a lot to experience. It's more than just the basics. It's, mm-hmm. There's always more to it. And bringing your family, bringing friends. Oh, that's what it was. If you're, you know, the rodeos there, you know, that's, that's cowboy stuff. But, you know, if you're not a cowboy and you're, you've never been to a rodeo, you got to go at least once. I agree. Because they are cool. There's a lot of things happening there. Depending on the rodeo, how they set it up, there's, it's kind of like a, a carnival way, a lot of different things going on at one time, you know, it's great for the kids. Oh, yeah. yeah they're going to have a good time no matter what. Definitely. You know, the adults <laughs> might ruin it for them, but, you know, the kids will have a good time. <laughs> So it's well worth it to just go for the rodeo because that is true cowboy country. You know, yeah. Montana's the same way. There's mm-hmm. permanent rodeos here and stuff. Oh, yeah. And they're always good to go to. Um, even if you're not into it, check it out at least once. <laughs> so, yeah, Wyoming's just a great state in general. Like so many, I mean, I'm kind of partial to the West and yep. the more rugged states, <laughs> the more uh, cowboy-driven states. Yes. So, yeah, check out Wyoming and... Um, I'm sure in RV Destinations Magazine, you can find something there about Wyoming, if not just Coyote its, or Cody itself. So go to RVDestinationsMagazine.com, see what they have to offer. And again, they got these awesome pictures in there that just, man, they, they just speak volumes. Quality is in those pictures. So it really gives you an idea of what you're going to see if you decide to pick a destination out of their magazine. 
So now we're coming to the final part of the show, RVNV. And so now this is, you know, keeping those your your neighbors jealous, envious of your RV. Yeah. Not like it's decked out in gold and glitter and stuff. It's just having all the things that just make RVing easier. You know, some people just are very basic and there's nothing wrong with that. They just grab whatever, do whatever, make it work. Very minimal. Others like to have all the gadgets and gadgets to make it work even better. And it's just, wow, this is awesome. It takes a little more time to set up and tear down, but it's worth it, you know? And sewer hose supports are one of those things. A lot of RV parks care less what you do. Throw it on the ground, throw it up, whatever. But uh, then some parks are, you know, they prefer that your sewer hose is not sitting on the ground. And there's some good reasons why, you know, they have their reasons because it doesn't look as good. They're trying to keep standards up and maybe your hose is leaking and it's making a big puddle right there. You know, whatever their reason is, and that's fine. But keeping a sewer hose off the ground does make sense because when it gets drug on the ground, kicked around, it's going to ruin the hose or wear it out sooner. In fact, we just did a YouTube video. So we'll attach the link to it here as well so you can watch about sewer hoses and actually it's the quality of the brands to buy and things like that. But when a sewer hose is on a support, it's going to last longer. It's not going to take those abuses. It's less likely to get, you know, someone standing on it, uh, someone on a bicycle riding over it, driving over it, things like that. It does look better. It keeps the waste, the gray water flowing out of the RV more efficiently. So there are some benefits to it. And there's different sewer hose supports out there. And there's two different brands. There's Camco and Slunky. Camco makes the Sidewinder. Volterra now owns Slunky. I kind of prefer the Camco one. It's a little less money. It does the same thing. So if you prefer the J or the uh, the Slunky brand, then go ahead and get it. But those two are the great ones because they... they they come together, you know, they're not this big, long, clunky thing. They uh, compact in a very small box, if you will. You actually put it back in the box if it doesn't come with a bag. But So they don't take up a lot of storage space. They're easy to use. You know, anybody can use one of these things. So the Sidewinder or the Slunky, you know, our preference is towards the Sidewinder. But that's the way it is. So take your pick. But those two, we think, are the easiest to use. Uh, parks, any park will allow you to put that down. Even if they have, you know, stringent guidelines, they'll allow that to be there. Easy to do. They come in different lengths. So depending on where you camp all the time, you can buy a short one or a long one. You make the pick. So anyways, check it out. Sidewinder or Slunky Sewer Hose Supports. You know, they help keep the RV looking good, more set up. But man, it's worth it. Because now everybody's envious of you all the way around. Your sewer hose even. Can you imagine that? Someone, hey, that sure is a nice sewer hose setup you got there. See, now now you're rocking it. All right, so we've come to the end of the show today. One last reminder to go to YouTube and check out the Smart RVer channel and see the videos we have. And while you're there, like our videos, subscribe to the videos. That way you get the updates regularly. And it pushes those videos to the top of the algorithm so everybody else can see them and enjoy them as well. And if you have some friends with an RV, send them the link. Share the share the video with them. So next, in the next episode, we're going to talk about dewinterizing your RV. It's going to be the middle of March, and it's time to do that. Get ready. 
dewinterize your RV and get ready to hit the road. So we had a great show today. I want to thank everybody for coming by and listening and hanging out with us. So this is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer Podcast. And if we don't see you on the road, let's connect at the smartrver.com. <laughs>